Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is available in Funk's tasting rooms and beer distributors and grocery stores right now. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Paydirt is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use our mobile device, use your mobile device rather, to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believe.com and search Paydirt for our two T-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue T-shirt. It has the Paydirt wordmark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believav.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, it is wonderful to be reunited with you this past weekend. I want to give a big thank you to Andrew Clay of WTAJ Central PA. That's a lot of words rhyming all right in a row there. Andrew Clay guest hosting along with uh, former Penn State defensive end and former NFL defensive end Jack Crawford, who we've had as a guest here on the show. I want to say a big thank you to those guys for filling in for the recap following the Central Michigan victory. This is the first chance you and I have had to really talk about that game, and I do want to touch on it briefly yeah. before we get to previewing what Penn State's going to have to deal with against Northwestern this Saturday. When you watched this win against Central Michigan, you were on the sideline for it on the broadcast for the Big Ten Network. Did you feel good about it, or did you feel like something's wrong? Early on, I felt really yeah. good about it. Um, you know, and it was great to have an opportunity to you know get a view of the team from up close. Um, you know, you saw the way they came out the gate, right? And that was something that we had talked about. That's something that, you know, it's one of those things when you're playing a game like that after a big win on the road against an SEC opponent, the last thing you want to do is walk into Beaver Stadium against a well-coached team like Central Michigan, who's going to be well-prepared and come out flat. They didn't do that. 
right? They scored twice early, but what I thought they did was take their foot off the gas, right? I, I, I felt like they saw how fast they were able to score and how easy it was for them. And then they got into this position, Tom, where it's like, all right, we're just going to flat out beat mm-hmm. this team. And that's it, right? They kind of, they kind of, you know, they took the scores for granted. They felt like they were going to walk all over that football team. That's a good football team. They're going to win a lot of games this year as the season goes on. I mean, that's a well-coached team. You know, you, you got you to gotta remember, Tom, uh, Rob Akey, the defensive coordinator, is a former head coach. Paul Petrino, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, is a former head coach. And obviously, Jim McElwain has been coaching for over 30 years, right? He's coached in the SEC. He's coached at Colorado State. Like, that's a well-prepared and a well-coached football team. You can't go into a game like that with the mindset of, we're just going to roll over this team, right? And they're going to have that same problem with Northwestern. Right on Saturday, you can't expect to roll over Northwestern on Saturday. It's not the way it works. So, and that was a question that um, you know uh, we had talked with uh, with James about um, on Friday. You know, with the broadcasting crew before the game Saturday, and one of the things he said was, "This game will be very telling of who we are as a football team." And I actually had the chance to ask him that question at halftime. You know, and for me, it's when I think of that question. And I think of this game and who Penn State is, it's a team, Tom, that certainly has a ton of potential offensively and defensively. We can see that. We can see the flashes at times. We can see the talent at times, certainly on the defensive Mm -hmm. side of the ball. My gosh, right? Um, But it's a team that has to continue to move forward and to continue to progress and to continue to to play hard and focus on the game. I said this again during the broadcast on the sideline. They, you know, um, it, I said I looked around at one point in time, and it was kind of like everybody was like looking around, like, "What? Why is this turning into a game?" Hands on hips, arms crossed, players looking left, right, coaches looking around. It was quiet on that sideline for a long time there when Central Michigan was putting something together, and it was almost like they were they they were like, "Why are we in a game? We shouldn't be in a game." Right. You can't think that you respect everybody, but you fear no one. Right. And and I, that's what I go back to. And that was one of the concerning things on Saturday was at one point in time. Tom, I just think Penn State thought showing up was going to be. Enough. And I will admit I am as guilty as anybody of thinking that that going into Central Michigan, when you flip on the tape, they'd had an inconsistent season. You saw the, mm-hmm. the high end of what they could be against Oklahoma State nearly beat the Cowboys in their home stadium. So you'll give. Uh, credit to that but still following the Auburn win you beat Auburn 41 to 12 in their home stadium convincingly convincingly going away and then you go home against Central Michigan and things just seem a little off and maybe it was a good wake-up call because this Saturday with Northwestern you and I have talked about it. This is not the most talented Northwestern team that's ever been fielded by Pat, Fit, Fat, Pat Fitzgerald. Excuse me. However, you cannot take a Pat Fitzgerald coach team lightly. No. So I look at what Central Michigan did. I'll give a lot of credit to Richardson, the quarterback. He is sharp. They have a nice receiving core with Carrier uh, mm-hmm. leading the way. And Joel Wilson, that tight end, is going to play on Sundays. Fantastic. He reminds me a lot Fantastic of Dallas Goddard player. or the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. in terms of his build. Uh, Lou Nichols is an excellent running back. He led FBS last year in rushing. So credit to the Chippewas. They did a nice job. But when I looked at that game, the offensive line still left a lot to be desired in, in a couple of facets, Matt. And I want to see what you think about this set. One, 
the rushing game, I still saw a lot of instances where Katron Allen, Nick Singleton were having to break multiple tackles to break their long runs. And credit to Katron Allen, had 100-plus yards, Nick Singleton in a decent day, but Allen led the way. So the running game was positive, but you still saw the issues where it's like, against Big Ten competition, this could be tricky. And then I also saw a pass rush from Central Michigan that was getting to Sean Clifford and bothering him enough that he was not planting his feet for a lot of throws out there. What did you think of the offensive line against CMU? You mentioned that. James said that. He said we're seeing a lot more cover zero and a lot more you know, pressure than we expected. He said that at halftime. And for me, I talk a lot about this. It's having a plan, right? They're okay right now with Sean doing the little drift back and throw it out of his hands real quick to a slant route, right? And they were they were successful with it a few times on Saturday, Tom. But when you're going to Ann Arbor in a few weeks, or you're playing Minnesota, who's one of the more underrated defenses in the Big Ten, or you're playing the Buckeyes, that's not good enough, right? And that's where the offensive line, these running backs, Sean, Mike Yersich, James Franklin, that's where everybody needs to come together and sit down and say, all right, if we get this pressure again, or we get cover zero here, or we get this blitz, what are we doing? What's the answer for it this week, right? Because you have to, this is like so much in the NFL, Tom, we talk about uh, being, it's a copycat league, right? Right. You know, what you see week three that worked against a team, you better believe week four, that's going to be in the playbook and you're going to be doing the same thing because it worked a week ago against this team. Right, it's very hard in season to correct errors, to correct mistakes, to correct things you were doing wrong the week before. Because to be honest, there's just there's not enough time throughout the course of the week. Right, you're installing uh, a new game plan. Right, you're you're trying to you know work plays you may not have worked you know uh, in a few weeks or works since training camp because you think they can be good that Saturday afternoon. So correcting mistakes is very difficult. So. When you're watching tape and you're seeing Penn State struggles against this, but they struggle against cover zero, this offensive line can't do this. Well, if their answer for our pressure is just going to be a drift and a throw for a slant route, you know, that's okay. That's a win for us. It has to get to the point, Tom, where if you're a defensive coordinator and you're a defense, you're fearful of bringing pressure against Sean Clifford in this offensive line because you know at any point in time he's going to make the adjustment. He's going to change protection. He's going to keep a tight end in. He's going to keep a running back in. And that's what he do. He's going to signal outside to Parker Washington or Mitchell Tinsley, and he's going to throw it downfield, and he's going to gash you for a big play. right? That's what it needs to get to with this Penn State offense, and it's just it hasn't right now. right? They were good enough on Saturday just to get away with beating Central Michigan when it came right, to things based like on that, talent. when it came to the pressure. Exactly. Based on, they were good enough um, to be able to get away with it on Saturday, but this is where this offensive line needs to continue to improve time. And look, they've had, we know this now, as 4-0, not taking anything away against them, they've done a great job of winning games, right? It's been impressive the way the team's been able to stick together, um, you know, fight and, and, and win football games, win on the road, Win in tough environment. They've had the chance to play young guys in tough environments, which is which has been great for this team moving forward as well. But they've been flat out better than the teams they've played, right? A lot of teams haven't had that luxury. Penn State has had that luxury, and it's allowed them to improve week in and week out. But this this offense needs to continue better. This offensive line, especially, you know, needs to continue to improve. And get Those better. adjustments that you're just talking about is that on Mike Yersich or is that on Sean Clifford? It's on both of them. You know, it, it, because like if Yursich is okay with it, well, then it's on him, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because if I'm a quarterback and this is what my coordinator wants, for me, it's like, all right, man, I trust you're you. doing your job at that point. You know, but but I like I I I I always ask questions, right? I never like I never wanted to go in the game with, with uncertainty or just you know if a play gets called, you're like, I hope they don't bring this pressure. I hope they don't bring that because we don't have an answer for it. Just have an answer, have something you're going to go to, have a plan for it, and make sure everyone understands what that plan is and what the answer for it is. And Tom, like, if you do that in week three or week four, you know, it's got to change by week by week five or I week six so. or week seven. You need to have something else, right, in the back pocket as well to say, all right, we did this in week three. We know they saw this on film, so if they dial up this pressure again, Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to get to. And that's when like that's when the game gets fun, Tom. That's when you break the huddle and you're thinking to yourself on third and four, please bring pressure. Please bring pressure because I, I'm just basically I'm going to check this. I'm going to throw a slip screen out to Parker Washington and he's going to gash you up the but side. But at the same time, Sean has not responded well to pressure. It was so obvious throughout the Central Michigan game. Him throwing off platform was an issue. And then, not to make the direct comparison, but I will, Drew Aller gets in the game, and you can see how when he when he plants his feet and when he throws, and he's got better arm talent than Sean Clifford, he can put the ball wherever he wants to. The, the near touchdown. How about the deep crossing the, route? The deep crossing route, and then the near, uh, the near touchdown on the post corner. Um, I forget who he yeah. threw it to, but I think it was Mitchell Tinsley. But goodness i mean it's there's a gap and that's the issue with sean is that when there's pressure at his feet and and he feels like he's got to move he starts throwing off platform and he loses his mechanics we we asked uh and and look obviously we we asked james and we asked mike yurcich about drew allar um was one of the first questions we asked you know and and i I wasn't surprised by this you know yurcich said he's great in the huddle and I'm not, and that's something we talked about again, Tom. I'm not surprised by that. It just seems like he's got that presence. He's very poised uh, for a young player. Um, you can see the game slowing down for him. He's getting better and better every week. And I talked about Penn State having a lot of luxuries early on in the season. This kid's played in four, <laughs> four consecutive games. Now, not, not many you know, other teams across the Big Ten can say, yeah, we've gotten our five-star quarterback recruit experience on the road in tough environments and experience in Beaver Stadium against good football mm-hmm. teams. But it's because we've been winning games and we've been up by enough where we can put them in the game. But also we trust them enough. In a 26-7 to game against Ohio at home, we can throw them out there and say, go play. Or, you know, he got whatever, 10, 12 minutes of playing time against Central Michigan. So, look, I mean, it, 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 the signs are there. Everything is there. You know, I, I didn't hear this on Saturday, Tom, because I I requested to have two earpieces in on oh, the okay. sideline, just because, like, I knew during the spring game. You know, a lot of people are you know saying hello and try to have conversations on the sideline, but you're trying to right. work. So I told the Big Ten Network, I'm like, I need Don't two earpieces, me. guys. Yes. So I had I had the noise cranked up on it, but apparently somebody was telling me they were chanting, you know, we want Alar, we want yep, Alar. Throughout that game, listen, I get it. I understand it. I've been a backup quarterback at Penn State before. Sean Clifford gives this team the best opportunity to win football games week in and week out. You're right. I'm not saying Drew Allar isn't going to be fantastic when he takes over as a starting quarterback at Penn State because everything is in place for him to be able to do that. All the tools are certainly there. But have patience with this kid. Yeah. Right. 
He needs to continue to develop mentally. The last thing you want to do, we've seen it before in the college level. We've seen it in the NFL, Tom. It's young players playing and taking on too big of a role too early in their careers, and it destroys them mentally. We don't want to see that happen with a guy like Drew Allen. Completely agree. It's I, I'm reminded of, I've made the comparison before, maybe not in terms of the direct correlation, athlete to athlete, ability to ability, but uh, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, uh, Kelly Bryant was going to be the guy. Kelly Bryant gets injured. They immediately put Trevor Lawrence in and they never look back. Penn State's fortunate to not necessarily have to do that. Now, it's that steady, gradual progression for Drew Aller. And if there is an instance where Sean Clifford gets hurt, you feel confident because Drew's gotten a fair amount of experience. And it's not necessarily just, hey, you're the starter now. Good luck the rest of the season. So I would prefer yeah. this situation than, uh, the, than the latter there. You know, Tom, and last thing on the quarterbacks here, it's when you look at quarterbacks and quarterback play, you know, it, it quarter, it's the only position where you can be more than ready to play oh, yeah. before your time comes, right? It's not like you're a running back, a lineman, D-lineman, D-back, where you can just throw you in the game and say, all right, get reps here, make tackles, and then continue to get better that way by kind of hiding you, right, in the secondary or at the D-line or O-line position. You can't hide a quarterback. You can't hide a quarterback, right? He's the only guy, that, I mean, aside from the center, but he's the only guy that touches the football every play. It's going to be something to watch because uh, Sean, unfortunately, has <laughs> injury woes. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So let's talk about Northwestern uh, this Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, live on ESPN. Number 11, Penn State hosts the Wildcats. Northwestern is beleaguered this year. One and three coming into this game. Every game they've played has been decided by eight points or less. And as much as I want to look at the spread that's on ESPN.com right now, which is minus 26 and a half for Penn State and mm. feel really good about mm. that. I was somebody who felt really good about minus 28 going into uh, Central Michigan, and that didn't happen. And I almost feel like this is a Northwestern team that will attempt to keep this thing very close um, and, and could keep it really close, not because they're the most talented team ever, but just because what you and I talk about all the time, and it's just. Every single year, Pat Fitzgerald puts a disciplined, smart football team on the field that if you don't prepare for yes. them at home in what could be a rainy, nasty environment on Saturday, that could play right into Northwestern's hands. What do you think? Well, what does that tell you, Tom, about the games they've lost and how close they are? Oh, right? yeah. you, you, you mentioned a lack of talent at Northwestern this year. But with the games they've lost, it's telling me that it doesn't matter who Pat Fitzgerald runs out onto that field. They're going to be there. They're going to be there in the end of the game. They're going to have a chance to win a football game. They're going to be well prepared. Any mistake you make, they're going to take full advantage of it. And for Penn State, Tom, when I look at this game and I look at, th at this matchup, it it's not a game where Monday through Friday, you need to install everything but the kitchen sink. You just don't. You don't need it this week. But what you do need is a crisp, clean game plan. Doesn't have to be a lot on it. It's the stuff that you run and you run well and know that you'll have no problem going out on Saturday and executing at a high level. Right? Zero confusion. This game plan could be about as basic as it can be, but it should be compiled with everything you've done well over the past four weeks what you did well over training camp, just basically you're, you're, you're the best things you have in the playbook when it comes to the run game and the pass game. 
You go out there, you execute those. Nobody's thinking. Everybody's just reacting, right? And you just go play football, and that's going to be good enough for Saturday in a game like this against a team like Northwest. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack flat should describe your tv not your tv sound experience your entertainment like never before with the new sonos ray this compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows movies games and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass breeze through setup with help from the sonos app you can even use your own remote for control and when the tv is off stream music radio podcasts and audiobooks from all your favorite services visit sonos.com that's s-o-n-o-s.com to learn more i feel very confident in regards to penn state's defense against northwestern's offense and yeah. again if the weather is a factor as of right now when i'm looking at my uh my apple weather whatever you want to call it uh, on saturday it's a 60 percent <laughs> chance of rain i think it's a low of 46 and a high of 60 so it could be a decent day it could be a nasty day out in that regard that could be something we do moving forward here you'd be like meteorologist yeah meteorologist time, time. oh <laughs> they hired at accuweather right in state college right um yeah so I, when i look at this game i i think this definitely plays into penn state's strengths in regards to the defense because the secondary as we've talked about for weeks now has been outstanding they're first in the country in pass breakups 41 second most is 25 james franklin talked about Jeepers. that earlier this week so on average, they're taking away about 10 passes a game. So you're already at 66% completion percentage, which isn't bad. But as a quarterback, Ryan Helinski of Northwestern, is he's a, a, a dink and dime kind of quarterback. It's about six yards per completion. There are games where he's throwing 40 to 60 attempts a game. Yeah. This is an offense that tries to get 80 to 90 to 95 plays in a game. Uh, I just don't see that necessarily working very well against Penn State's secondary. What do you think? Here's and and real quick on Penn State Penn State secondary. In the past, I've called for guys like Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, Keaton Ellis. Those guys to be better in coverage, better in man coverage, opposite Brown, opposite Joey Porter. But how good was Johnny Dixon on Saturday? Excellent. Really, really excellent. Uh, like, snug and fantastic. Snug in all the ways that we've been looking for Joey Porter to be snug without drawing a flag without knocking the guy over or something like that or causing some sort of problem. And I think, and for like, as much as I go back and forth on it, how, how many guys they play, you know, they, they, they're 28 guys that recorded a tackle. That's crazy. That's crazy. And one of the things we talked to Manny Diaz about this, Tom, one of the things he said, and I agree with it. I disagree with it. You know, I, I, I I'm kind of in the middle on it. He said, you coach next year's team this year. And I get, I get what he's saying. I really do. But that would be hard for me to 
focus on the future and the present and trying to win a game on Saturday, right? Their goal, their goal is to get 22 guys to play on defense week in and week out. They've been able to do that. I, I mean, they, they have. And, but what I think it's, what, what I think we're starting to see and what I think it's creating is competition in the back end. And it's forcing guys to play extremely hard week in and week out to really focus and really dial in week in, week out, to take practice seriously day in and day out. Because guess what, Tom? If you don't, you're going to get left behind because of all the talent there is in that back end. So to see Johnny Dixon con continue to develop has been great. Daquan Hardy continue to develop has been great. Um, you know, Jalen Reed, obviously, Zachy Wheatley. Um, to see those guys get reps and continue to play, man, it's uh, it's been great. And you mentioned a guy like, like Halinski. Like what, one of the more difficult things I have to imagine now moving forward for quarterbacks that have to play against Penn State is that you can't break the huddle and be like, all right, well, I know I got Joey Porter Jr. and Johnny Dixon right there. And I like, you know what I mean? It's like, like who's six guys corner? you got to be aware of. Exactly. Marquise Wilson has been it, great. Kalen King uh, was excellent yeah. last weekend. They all have their strengths and weaknesses now. So what's that that's doing for you as an offense and as a quarterback and as an offensive coordinator now is you're preparing for all these guys and it's taken so much time. It's taken so much effort, um, to, uh, to be able to do that. And you got to pay attention as a quarterback. You're not just looking at coverage and things like that. And knowing who's out there, you got to look at Jersey numbers and guys and be like, Oh man, Johnny Dixon does this. Well, who's that? Is that Hardy? Yeah. Daquan Hardy does this. Well, we all know Joey Porter does this. Well, so it becomes this matchup thing and you're looking at guys individually, um, and I, I have to imagine it gets to the point, Tom, where as a coordinator, offense, quarter, quarterback, whatever it is, you start to chase ghosts, right? And that and that's when the game gets really, really fast and really difficult for you. When you look at this Northwestern offense, uh, Helinski is the you know the the engine, so to speak. However, I can't necessarily yeah. say that I'm losing sleep over how this offense operates in the passing game. Now they've got. They have some guys that they can throw to in terms of uh, Malik Washington jumps to mind, the wide receiver, uh, and Thomas Gordon, the tight end. So they do have some options, but the offense also does run through running back Evan Hull. Do you see Hull being a problem for Penn State's uh, rushing defense? I, I don't think so, and I think it's because the way they handle the attack at Auburn. Right? You know, you, you have to you have to think that it'll be something similar to that. We stop the run this game won't be close. They did that at Auburn. I can see them trying to have that same mindset in this Northwestern game. We stopped the run. We stopped the threat of run. We keep them behind the sticks. We force them into third and long. You mentioned how Holinsky is just trying to play completion-driven football with early completions to try to stay ahead of schedule, right? If they stop the run, he can't do that. It puts him in a spot where he's got to throw it down the field. He's got to throw it in that 7 to 10, 10-plus 10 range they don't there. Do that. And they don't want to do that. So yet you have to think it'll be a similar style game plan to what defensively to what we saw at Auburn. Were you concerned at all in the Central Michigan game that if it weren't for a bevy of takeaways from the defense and two very critical uh, penalties that took away touchdowns for the Chippewas, that the outcome of that game is very, very different? <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking that on the sideline. To be honest with you, like I'm thinking to myself, well, there should have been five turnovers. They had four turnovers, right? Um, but 
I, I was thinking that I'm like this, they turned the football over a lot. And this was still a game at one point in time. Now, you know, I, again, I, I give credit to central Michigan. I, I really do because that's a talented team. They have a lot of talent. Um, but what, what Penn state ran into is that they, they just, they took their foot off the gas, right? They took a step back. They tried to put it on cruise control and move forward. And I think if anything, they learned from that game this past Saturday and that's what the focus should be throughout the whole course of this week. Four quarters, doesn't matter what the score is, 60 minutes, just play, play, play. We continue. And and here's the thing, too, that I think Mike Yersich lost track of. When it was 14-0 at one point, Tom, what did we see? We saw him step away from the run game and try to go shot, shot, shot downfield to try to really just put it out of the reach and end it right then and there and say, all right, 21-0, this game's over. You know what I mean? I don't think you're. I don't think you should do that on Saturday, right? If it's ten nothing, fourteen nothing, just continue to move forward, continue to call your game plan, continue to trust the game plan, right? This the past three weeks, this run game has been the offense. It has been, right? We've seen a different Sean Clifford, right? Now he certainly still has his problems in certain areas with forcing some balls and 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 having you know dangerous balls. Um, you know, and putting them in, t- in, in in tough spots defensively, where the defense can make plays on them. Um, but he's been he's been just a much more stable and consistent quarterback because of how strong that run game has been. Don't lose sight of that if you're Mike Yersich. Sean Clifford's got 117 pass attempts on the season, so a little less than 30 attempts per game. That's something you and I have talked about, and you talked about on the Big Ten Network broadcast. Is that that is right where you want to see Sean, and especially when I look yep. at this matchup again, going up against Northwestern, potentially a rainy situation. To me. Put Sean Clifford under center, hand the ball off because Nick Singleton's number yep. one in the country in yards per carry, nine freaking yards per carry, and Katron Allen is six yards per carry, and both of them are as dangerous as the other. So why not just line up and run the ball? And hey, Sean, you might get 20 attempts. You don't need to do much. You know, what's been encur- what's been encouraging too now, Tom, that we've been able to see throughout four weeks of the season, we now know it. It can be either one of them that can do it. Right, we've seen Singleton do it, you know, break 100 yards for two weeks, and then all of a sudden, boom, here comes Katron Allen, and he and he rushes for 111. So that's where you become dangerous as a football team when you show up on Saturday and the ball's kicked off, and you know, you, quarterback lines up under center, it's Allen back there, Singleton back there. You don't know which one's going to go off that day. That's when you become dangerous as a football team. The, the good thing for Sean, uh, you've got the running game to rely on. You do want to see some improvement from this uh, offensive line altogether in a variety of capacities, whether it be pass protection or um, altogether helping the run game. Um, they have a defensive end, number 99, Adabare, who is outstanding. Uh, defensive back, Cameron Mitchell, and then linebacker Bryce Gallagher is consistently uh, a threat. So they are going to have some talent they're going to have to deal with, but it is just consistently the thing we see out of Pat Fitzgerald. This is a disciplined defense. They are rarely out of position. They do not make a lot of mistakes. They're not going to give you a lot of things. Um, but kind of the thing you were talking about from an athletic standpoint against Central Michigan is that Penn State should far and away be the more talented team on the field when you've got all these options out there and you see Mitchell Tinsley's really coming along, Parker Washington's having his moments, other members of the receiving core are getting involved, and then Brenton Strange had a real day against Central Michigan. Finally, the game you and I have been talking about, many fans of like, when are these tight ends going to 
step up and take over. And it looked like Brenton Strange really turned a corner. So maybe that's a factor against Northwestern. What do you feel about the receiving? Well, court? I think here's the thing, too. And look, Washington, six for 64 against Central Michigan. That's not enough. Tinsley, four for 51. That's not enough. These guys can be doing a lot more for Mike Yersich and this offense. It needs to be. And I know they're trying to do it. They're trying to get these guys the ball early and often in a game. But, but you got to do a better job of it. Right, that these guys have to see the football. You have to make it a point. And I'm not one on forcing plays or anything like that. But like it's a, it's to the point now, Tom, where you need to force yourself to find Parker Washington. You need to force yourself to find Mitchell Tinsley. And, and we talk a lot about depth. After one, two, there, there's so much uncertainty at the wide receiver group. Right, Lambert Smith has been has been flashy at times. He's been good in spots. But he hasn't really developed into that number three that you want to see mm -hmm. out of him. What it seems like for me, Tom, is they're okay going one, two, Washington, Tinsley, and then boom, right to the tight mm -hmm. ends. Which, I mean, if, if Strange can continue to play the way he's playing, that, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? That's fine. You remember 2012 at Penn State, you know, we had, you know, Allen Robinson. Uh, Brandon uh, Mosby Felder, but then we had Jesse James and Kyle Carter as two tight ends that were great blockers, but also you, know, you could put them out wide at the Z position, out wide at the X position, and throw them the football. You know, against safeties or linebackers or even corners at times because they they were that good in the pass game. Um, so you know that's something, we're, and that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. How they continue to use those tight ends? Do they continue to treat those guys as just you know three and four wide receivers? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code PAYDIRT15 paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. The one big thing that came up during Central Michigan, getting away from the, the offensive defense, is special teams. And this is something that James Franklin talked about earlier this week in his pre press conferences. He wants to see more production uh, on the kickoff uh, situation in terms of kickoff returns, um, being better in terms of coverage on kickoffs, I think is something he's harped on. You see uh, Gabriel and Wosu and then uh, Sanders kind of going back and forth a little bit. I think the main focus continues to be place kicking, and it is a concern. And granted, I'm somebody who was, you know, not necessarily thrilled about Jordan Stout as a kicker last year. Great punter, not a great kicker. I was excited to see Jake Pinniger this year. Until I wasn't excited to see Jake Pinniger this year. It seems Jake's uh, length is about 40 to 43 yards, and then you tag in Sanders Hadak for some long-distance field goals. Is Penn State going to lose a game because of their place-kicking situation? I hope not, Tom. I, I, and, here, and here's the thing, too. like Once you cross that 50-yard line, you start to get into plus territory as an offense, right? You, you, you still remain aggressive. But your, your, your mindset does change a little bit knowing that, all right, we got three points in the bank. Or you should know you have three points in the bank. That's, that's a problem, that the case. right? Because if you don't, if you don't trust it, you don't believe it, you don't know it as a play caller and as a quarterback, well, your decision making is going to change. 
your play calling is going to change. Things you're doing with the football, where you're going is going to change because you know, it's third down. I got to get this. I got to get this. You know what I mean? I just don't know if, I don't know if we're going to be able to make this field goal from here or not, or are we going to go for it on fourth down, right? Do I call a third, if it's third and eight, do I call a third and seven plus play to get the third, to get to try to get the third and eight first down, Tom, or do I call a third and four play to try to get us to fourth and two? Right. That's where, because we know what we're going to go for on fourth down. That's where everything changes if you don't put full trust in this kicking game. Um, so, I mean, look, they haven't had to use it, but there's going to become a point in time, Tom, where it's like, you know, we're, we're stalling out on offense here in the fringe, in the red zone, right? The plus 40, plus 30. We're going to have to make field goals. We're going to have to trust our field goal kicker. There's going to be a point in time where that's going to happen. The scary thing is that Penn State essentially needs to advance the ball to the opponent's 25 before they really feel comfortable yeah. kicking a field goal with Jake Pinnaker. Sanders Sahadak has yet to really be proven as a place kicker so that the, the jury's still out there. But for every Penn State fan that got upset about, you know, in the first half, there was that fourth and four attempt. And that ticked off a lot of Penn State fans on social media. And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. But you can almost understand the attempt. You'd like to maybe see a different play call and see it executed better. However, the attempt makes a lot more sense than it has in years past because I've been the first person to come at James Franklin for going for it on fourth and short between Penn State's 40 and the opposing team's 30 and just leaving points on the field. But now you're like, we're not really leaving points on the field. If we don't do this, then we're not getting any points. But I do want to get your thoughts on that fourth and four. My, I don't even remember what was the play. Was I don't the play? know. Whatever it was, it was like a passing play attempt or something like that. Sean was under pressure. It just did not come off well. But the, yeah. the attempt itself, yeah. I was okay with. It was the, the way the yeah. play went. Yeah. Like, so for me, Tom, when it gets the fourth down in situations like that, like I always think about, all right, we, we, we have to have something that we've prepared throughout the course of the week for situations and moments like this. Like if you're just calling a certain play on fourth down, then it's kind of like, well, you know, it could work. It couldn't work. Like you got to have something special dialed up, something guys are comfortable with, something you know in that certain moment that you're going to have a pretty good chance to convert to a pretty good chance again by film study preparation, but always knowing you got this play in your back pocket. Like it's similar to like a fourth and goal where you're going to run your best two point play, right? If, you know, if you, if you need it like that, it's a moment like that. It's a situation like that. But like what I go back to Tom is one, wherever you're on the field, always reserving the right to punt, especially early in the game. I understand you want to stay aggressive. You want to set a tone early on in the game, but there's nothing wrong with getting a first down, getting a first down. You get stuck with a fourth and three, punting the football down, now making the team go the length of the field against this defense here and saying, all right, we'll just change the field position. That's fine. Um, or you get to a point you're putting a nice drive together, and now it's four, fourth and four, fourth and three, Tom, and you got a chance for a 48-yard or something like that. I, I, I got As a head coach, I'm thinking to myself, I got to be able to kick the ball. Like we have to be able to kick this field goal. I'm sorry. This is Penn State's Division One program. <laughs> You got to be able to make a field goal for us, man. Right. And now if we put you in there and you can't deliver, I understand guys miss field goals. I do. All right, let's play defense. Let's go. But if it comes a reoccurring thing where you're missing, missing, missing when we're counting on you, well, then we got to reevaluate the position. Right. And and give somebody else an opportunity. But it, there's there's times to go for it. There's ways that you're able to feel out a game and say, all right, uh, this is let's go. We got to go for this here. But then there's other moments, Tom, where it's like, it's just not, 
I'm not feeling it. This isn't the right situation. This isn't the right game. You can't always point to statistics and stats and say, well, you know, in this down and distance here and this por- you know portion of the field, the stats point to us converting this 61% of the time. So, you know, I'm going to take those chances. It's like, no, I mean, I get stats. They're there for a reason. But at the end of the day, you got to rely on coaching. You got to rely on feel, situation, moment, atmosphere to make that decision. So Penn State hosts Northwestern this Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, live on ESPN. This is right before a bye week. And then you go to visit Michigan. Before this game gets underway, Matt, how do you feel about the Penn State football team considering what's ahead? They shouldn't lose, right? <laughs> they should win this football game. They should win this football game easily, but it's not. It's going to be a tough one. I'm, t- I'm just telling you right now, it's going to be a tough football game. I know Northwestern is outmatched at every position in every phase of this game, offense, defense, special teams. Penn State is significantly better, more talented than this team. For me, if I'm James Franklin, if I'm Mike Yurcich, I'm Manny Diaz, I'm preaching focus, 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 focus all week. Don't look ahead to the bye week. Don't look ahead to being able to take a rest and take a break. Don't look ahead to Ann Arbor, right? Tough Northwestern team. This is a team, Tom, that's won the West twice over the past few years, right? They've been to Indianapolis twice over the past few years. They know what it's like to win games. They know what it's like to win big games. Pat Fitzgerald's been around for a long time. You're telling me right now he's not preaching. Let's change our season. Let's change our year. We're struggling right now, guys. We've lost close games. We've been in games. We're right there. We go to Beaver Stadium. We got a chance to win this game, to beat a 4-0 team, and a top, one of the top-ranked teams, one of the teams that's getting you know national recognition. This can change our year. Right, that's what they're preaching right now. So don't take this team lightly. Focus, focus, focus. Twentieth all-time meeting between Penn State and Northwestern. And if Penn State wins, then James Franklin will draw to an even five hundred in Big Ten play between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from four p.m. to five p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tune in. Let me start again. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.